This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. just got this picture of people checking their phones. Oh, Smith. Checking their headphones. Have I fucking downloaded the right thing? <laughs> the greatest octagon walk music of all time. The only thing is, Tytoo Avisa, you've got to back it up by knocking the dude out, mate. You can't be getting beat when you've just walked out to a bit of Brian Adams. Oh, it's Brian Adams? Yeah. I thought it was Aerosmith. Ah, it's Brian Adams, mate. Brian Adams. Oh, fuck, this is, um, this is Kevin Costner. This is Robin Hood. Ah, oh, this is Belter. him. This is what Side 2 Visa came out to at the weekend. I know that. I, thought, I just thought it was Aerosmith, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Brilliant. Beautiful, this, isn't look, it? It's, look, that's baby-making music, that is. It is baby-making music. Why is a man going to go and get locked in a cage for a fight, putting this on to get him in the mood for a scrap? He's an Aussie man. They do weird shit. Tune that, though, innit? It's a like, tune. For someone that drinks beer out of people's shoes, that doesn't surprise me that he walks out to shit like this. Mm. They're uh, just weird cats. Welcome to the Fight Disciples. This is the uh, MMA version of our podcast. You can get it on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com is where all Android feeds are. And you can uh, obviously follow us on social media at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, and at the Fight Disciples on Instagram. Um, I thought I'd start with uh, Ty to Visa. I do like him because he's uh, representing all the dad bods out there. Yeah. Uh, however, so does, so does Ivanov, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, however, he uh, he didn't get the victory at the weekend. I thought Ivanov was actually uh, quite decent and did the job on it. Yeah, him. me too. Yeah, mm. I wasn't uh, very impressed with Ty to Avisa. His ring walk was the was the pinnacle of highlight of his night. Highlight of the night. I'll tell you what the highlight of my night is. The greatest combat sports athlete you of all time. You can't go straight from Taito Visa to the main event. Yeah, can't can. we work our way up? No, no. Listen, we'll start with this people, little gobshite. Listen, people are expecting big things off this show, right? Because how many tweaks did you get at the weekend after Henry Secudo <laughs> came back from a bit of a tricky first round to secure the champ, champ, champ status? What an absolute legend this lad is. Nick is going to throw so much shade over him. Nick hates him. He can't stand him. Now, listen, the guy's a bit of a douche. But what I am going to say is this. What I am going to say about White Goodman from Globo Gym is this. Every fighter that isn't getting paid, isn't getting heavyweight money, as Henry says, 
that isn't getting the notoriety that they believe that they deserve, isn't getting the chances that they deserve, you've got to do something. You've got to make us care. You've got to make us be asked about you, whether it is asked to see you get knocked out or asked to see you knock dudes out. We've got to be emotionally invested into your career. I am sick to the back teeth of saying things like this on this show and it not sinking in with people. People go in there, they're putting great performances in the octagon and then they shut the fuck up and then it's forgotten about. No, that's not the viral moment. Unless you're... Uh, Valentina Shevchenko going to give us a violent, uh, a violent viral moment with that head kick knockout, which we'll talk about later on in the show. No question Star about show. that. Start of the show. You've got to give us something else. You've got to give us something outside the octagon. You've got to make us invest in you. Henry Cejudo this We're time last year. Now, are we? Listen, Henry Cejudo this time last year, nobody gave a fuck about him. He was the guy that had already been beaten off DJ. He was the guy that already been schooled by Demetrius Johnson. Mm-hmm. August last year, he got a shot against DJ, and he did the business. From that moment onwards, Split decision. whilst the eyes are on him as the champion in the flyweight division, the man that saved the flyweight division, that was his marketing, yeah. he has turned up to everything. He has been in your face. You have not been able to go anywhere without seeing Henry Cejudo at a UFC event. True. He has made you know who he is. And yeah. He turned up for the fucking press day in a crown and a robe doing fucking random magic tricks. But it went crazy. Everybody's going, who is this dickhead? We need him starching. That's what we need, don't we? Yeah. And he turned it on. The boy can fight. I don't care what anybody says about him. You're all screaming at me going, Adam, he's a dickhead. I know he's a dickhead. But he's a dickhead that you're asked about. You're tuning in and he's going to get paid. Let me tell you. (laughs) Go on, Henry, lad. You're just saying that because I said you were, if you were a UFC fighter, you would be Henry I'd Cejudo. be full Cejudo. You would be full Cejudo. White top Goodman. Hat, top hat and magic tricks. Do you think he blo- knows? Do you think he just buys into it? Do you think yeah. he realises yeah. he's he's being fucking White Goodman from Globo Mate, Gym? what he's done. That he looks like fucking Zoolander. Do you think he just buys yeah, into the fact 100%. that? What he's done, he's, he's, a looked, douche. he's looked at Colby Covington, for example. Yeah. And he's gone. Look how look how he has made himself relevant. I need to make myself relevant. I need to I need to get in the minds of these people that are paying the pay per views, and he's done it. Nobody was turning up for DJ's fights. DJ nope. was a sensational mixed martial artist. One of the best. There were there were a fight two years ago. DJ's the champion, flyweight champion. Yeah, three thousand people in the fucking arena, mate. Yeah, three thousand. Not at the weekend, son. They're all turning up to see this kid get starched, but he's turning the fucking on. Go on, boy! My boy, Cejudo. I'm in the camp. I'm in there. I hope, I hope that when I go out to Vegas this week, he's at the PI. So I can just hang out with him and just, like, you know, go full global gym and put the old uh, gold medal around my neck. He won't be in the PI, but he, he might well be at uh, the, the International Fight Week in a couple of weeks' time. He probably go. definitely will be there. There yeah. you go. And then I'll be all over him like a, Come wet, on. like a wet fish. Absolutely. Come on, talk to me about his performance because he was getting kicked to death. In he got first. fucked for eight minutes. He, he got he, battered for eight minutes. He was getting kicked to death. He got he, battered for eight minutes. He got battered. I timed the fucker. He who, got battered for eight minutes. Who won? He got battered who won for the eight fight? minutes. Who won the fight? So this is, uh, let me tell you what happened. Who won the fight? <laughs> so shoot Who's the champ, champ, champ? Mariah's kicked the legs from under him for the first five minutes. Correct. Absolutely destroyed him. Same continues in the second fight movement was better better punches kicks mixing up to high kicks better combinations so Hudo didn't know what to do with him and then after eight minutes three minutes into the second round he's lost he's, he's losing the second round yeah. now as well three minutes in he just goes fuck this shit let's have a fight and he went from he went through his gears 
went up to fifth gear and went, let's fucking have it. And Marias couldn't get it through his gears quick enough. Mm-hmm. Was stuck in third gear because it was easy, mate. The Marias tie, the tie kicks in it. the clinches, those tiny knees. Marias just seemed to stop. He just, just seemed to. He just. He just seemed to stop in the gear he was in. It was like, mate, you've just battered them for a round and a half. You've just battered them. Like the first round, that's as close to a 10-8 round without a significant strike or a significant submission attempt moment. You just fucking batter them. And it was the same for the first three minutes yeah, of the second round. Yeah. I was buzzing. I was buzzing. I bet you were. I bet you were. Yeah. I was like, yes, get that Zoolander motherfucker off my TV. Do you know what I love the most about all of this? Did you see the post-fight? Yeah. So post-fight, he's in a wheelchair. He's yeah. gone He's gone full Bran the Broken exactly. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> he's walked into... The, well, he's not walked in. He's been wheeled into the press conference and gone, bend the knee. Yeah. Go on, Henry! You bend took it up knee. a gear, son! You've gone up to the next level! He is... Bend fucking, the knee. He is gold. Okay, it's like an... Um, Obviously, it, it you know he's taken it from his, his first love wrestling. He's taken it from wrestling entertainment. He's taken the whole heel thing. Mm. Like we've seen heels like Charles Sonnen and to some extent Connor and obviously Diaz brothers. And you know you, we've had our bad boys in MMA before, but they've always been like, you know, it's always been about the fight. It's always been about I'm working class. I'm Cody Garbrandt. I'm come from nothing. I'm this. I'm that. And I I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna fuck you up and blah blah. It's all kind of been along them lines. No one's dressed up as a jester basically that he's pr- he's gone full WWE hasn't yeah, yeah, 100%. he's gone full WWE heel yeah. magic tricks top hats medal that you know I'm the fucking this and that I'm the greatest athlete of all time the difference is those guys in WWE and I remember because I used to watch it when I was 12 before I had pubic hair I watched WWE did you not have pubes at 12 Pro- I don't know I can't remember did you get pubes before 12 I did I was a beast <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> Let's move on. Um, when I used to watch wrestling... Do you want to just stop you on that? Right? There was always a kid, weren't there? There was oh, always yeah. one kid in With a big, year. fat, hairy bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you didn't have one. Yeah, but, and he was like a fucking 30-year-old bloke. I remember turning up for the first PE lesson at secondary school, year seven, and I'm fucking absolutely... Look like I've year been seven. waxed. Fucking hell, you're old. I, was like, I think it was year one when I went to school. Year one? Like first year. Yeah. First year seniors, it was called. Yeah, first year, year well, seven. I, d- I don't know what... You, I've never had year seven. I've never interacted with that Fucking demographic. Hell, you are old, I'm you? proper old, me. Like, mate, when I passed my driving test, there was no written test. Man. That's how old I am. Right. Anyway. Anyway, first year then, yeah? Yes. First PE lesson. PE lesson, you're buzzing. Footy, Absolutely. outside. Yes, new school, That's new it. mates, new boots. Everybody looks like me. Everybody looks like me. They yeah. all look like they've been like a wax chicken. Yeah. Blazers, fucking three sizes. Yeah, yeah, days, yeah. All that caper. We're all getting our gear on. This geezer stood next to me. John Garner. You know who you are, John, right? He's come and stood next to me. You actually remember the guy. Fucking right, I do, because I ended up playing football with him for five years then in school team. But then <laughs> he rocks up, and I, I stood next to him, and there were a sh- it was like a shadow was over the top of me because he was fucking massive, right? He was easily over... He was touching six foot at 11 years of age. Yeah. I'd looked at him, I thought, man, fucking hell. So anyway, I'm getting changed and what have you. Intimidated a little bit. Him, bollocko. Absolute bollocko. <laughs> Cock out, early as fuck. Chest there, early as fuck. I'm thinking, is he a teacher? <laughs> he can't be in my fucking class. <laughs> what the fuck? Your balls haven't even dropped Mate, at this stage. I'm still talking like that, you're right. <laughs> Unreal. Still got fucking Transformer on yeah, mate, top of white selling, ones. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He's got Calvin Klein boxes on him. Full gear on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolute. Anyway, just thought I'd bring that up because everybody yeah. knows one of those. There's always one of them in everybody's class. Absolutely, yeah. Listen, I'm fucking 40. I still haven't got a hairy chest. Have you not? I don't think it's going to come in. No. Anyway. Uh, right. 
Where were we? What were we talking about? Henry. Henry says you. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's still not got ears on his chest. He hasn't, absolutely. So Henry says you don't. He's gone w- full WWE heel. However, I remember Bo- I remember used to watching the wrestling when I was a kid. And when it came to the big events, WrestleManias and shit like that, those guys might win your little SummerSlams or whatever it may be, or your, your Raw. But when it came to the main event, the yeah. big one, the big yeah, yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. then Hulk Hogan would just fucking smash them up. Or Ultimate Warrior would fucking get on the ropes and get electrocuted and run around and, and kick his ass. The heel joke guy wouldn't win WrestleMania. So why is the heel joke guy winning two UFC belts simultaneously to go with his Olympic gold medal. Because he's the man. It's fucking baffling. He's pound for pound number one. What? Yeah. In his fucking living room, nah, maybe. Nah, he's pound for pound number Get one. Get out of town. Who's better than him? Amanda Nunes. You can make an argument for that. You, you can make an argument for her and DC, that's it. Excuse me? That's it. Excuse me? He's bigger than John's. Sp- <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna choke you out in a minute. Don't even go there. Look at your face. John Jones is the greatest Look athlete we've ever seen. The greatest mixed martial artist of all time. You could, honestly, mate, you could have seen that line coming from miles away with me f- casting my net out, and you just bit <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just run through Sajudo then. In terms of, okay, listen. Now. He did the one thing that Demetrius Johnson didn't do. That, and that's why I refused to rank Demetrius Johnson in, at the top of the pound-for-pound pound list. When Joe Rogan and everyone else was going, DJ's the best MMA fighter in the sport today, I was going, fuck you. Because he was in his lane and he stayed there and he dominated a very weak division. The weakest, potentially, against heavyweight. But at least in heavyweight, okay, it's not much depth, but those guys can start you with one punch. Mm. In the flyweight division, there's not much power down there. They're all little guys. To dominate the flyweight division to me, Demetrius Johnson did. Yes, technically he was amazing, but he will always go down with an asterisk of he just wasn't didn't have the balls to move up. When he did fight at the weight division above, he didn't win a world title belt. He had to win it at flyweight. So Judo beats Demetrius Johnson, ends that reign, sends him packing to one championship, and then goes, I want to move up. So they make him after TJ fight first. He defeats the drug cheat, that's TJ. Bit of a lucky puncher, if I'm honest with you. A lucky punch because he, he punched him, but caught, caught him cold inside 30 seconds. Can happen to anybody. So I've still got big question marks. So he's beating the bantamweight, the then bantamweight champion. He beat flyweight. Yeah, but he's then he's beating the other champ. But at flyweight. But he's beating him. Well, this comes to me back to because I've been getting stick this week about my top ten pound for pound rankings, and people are going to me, "How the fuck can you have Dustin Poirier below Max Holloway?" And I'm like, because Max Holloway is the dominant featherweight champion. Look at his resume. He moved up to dare to be great, and he got beat in a different weight division, but he's still a dominant featherweight champion. He's achieved more as a featherweight than Dustin Poirier has as a lightweight or anything else in his career, and that's why I've still got Max Holloway above Dustin Poirier. He tried to do something a bit special. He didn't didn't work out for him, but I still rank him and his achievements above Dustin Poirier. And likewise, in terms of Henry Cejudo, he beats TJ Dillashaw at flyweight. So for me, he had to win the bantamweight belt to truly be a champ champ. Now, Mariah's batters him for eight minutes, but credit to C. Hudo, kid's got balls of steel, no matter how much of a freak he is, he's brave as fuck. He turns it around, makes it a fight. Mariah's for some reason, just starts, just can't, go, just can't go up the gears, unravels. The, the amount of Chinese he kept getting caught with in that, plum, in that clinch. It was like he was letting him was do like, it. What are you doing? Like, fucking stop it. And then, you know, 
he took him out. It's hard to criticise Sashudo now after that kind of performance. You're like, man, all respect in the world. I've seen people now, he should go for champ, 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 and try and move up and take on Max Holloway. That would be fucking career suicide because Holloway is just too big and too long. But right here, right now, as much as it kills me to say it... He's called out the right guys, though, hasn't he? He called out Garbrandt, he called out Cruz. Dominic Dominic Cruz. Who else did he call out? Um, I think he talked... Did he call out TJ again? Faber. Oh, Faber, yeah. Faber... Yeah. Faber's uh, a bit of a gimme. Yeah, but you know what I mean? You know. We're talking legend killers there, aren't we? Of course. We? Like, he wants the biggest names in this bantamweight. Cody would be a good fight. be interesting to see what he does now, though, because is he going to try and jump between the weight divisions? Because he can't just leave flyweight. You know, he's not... It's six months now since the flyweight champion defended his title. Is he going to defend that title? Is he going to keep that title? Is he? Is he? Because it's only him that keeps that flyweight division alive. Mm. If he says I'm going to stay at bantamweight, the flyweight division's probably dead in the UFC. UFC might even shut it down because there's nobody else like Sahudo yeah, yeah. that brings eyeballs to the flyweight division. He's the only one that does it with his weird shtick. I don't listen. I had Sunday to reflect on it because I was like, "Am I being a hypocrite here?" Because. I used to I used to defend Bellew in boxing. Yeah. I've defended Tyson Fury. Yeah. I used to defend Chael Sonnen. I used yeah. to tell people, listen, that's not the real Chael. Chael's a diamond. I've interviewed him many, many times. Is it because you've not spent time with Henry? Is that what it is? Do you need to go and spend some time with him? I don't know. I just think he's a douche. I think that's the problem. I think in my heart of hearts, I look at Sir Hugh and I just think, you are a bit of a dick, though. Like that's It's like Colby Covington, isn't it? It's like, I get what you're doing, but you're a dick. <laughs> And I think with Sahudo, I'm like, I get it. I get the way you're dressing up. And I get you've you've got to work harder than a middleweight, a welterweight, a lightweight. You've got to work harder than them because you're not in a glamorous weight division yeah. compared to them. But then Demetrius Johnson tried to do the whole, mate, I'm just the best it is. I'm just the best I can be. Come and watch me and no one give a fuck. And at least this guy, 16,000 seats arena, you can't argue. Packed out. Mate, Demetrius Johnson never did no 16,000 seats arenas when he was main event. Yeah. Most people went to see Valentina Shevchenko, I've got to be honest, but that was just... Yeah, you they can't didn't. Henry, Henry Sejudo for that. They didn't. No, mate, all credit to him. Listen, he's got his top five pound for pound now, isn't he? He's got to be... He's you number know, one. He isn't number one. Don't talk stupid. You're just being stupid now. <laughs> I love how you bite You're being it. stupid. <laughs> Do us a favour, at PT Edit, uh, just tweet him, Henry Sejudo's number one. <laughs> um, one girl that is number one at £125, there's no question about this, and fair play to you, you picked her years and years and years ago, mainly because you fancied her, but she's absolutely mustard. I'll tell you something. Cheese graters at the ready, gentlemen. The finish, if you watch the finish properly in slow motion, mm-hmm. and I put this on my Twitter, she drills that head kick. Do you know when she's doing that synchronised thing with your sister? Yes. That's what they're I've doing. I've seen it once or twice. That's what they're doing. The synchronised workout thing in the open body, workout. Body, body, head. Body, body, head. Watch, watch it. Now, mm-hmm. go back to the day before. Watch that media workout. And then go and watch the actual knockout. It's, it's exact. She has drilled that, drilled that, drilled that, drilled that so much in training that at some point, in her professional career, it was going to come off. And I'll tell you something, what a finish. You're not going to see a more clinical knockout than that this season. No, you're not. It's a, it, we've been spoiled in the UFC recently because we've had some inc- absolutely incredible knockouts. We had two the other week, if you remember that. And I was like, mate, they're world, world MMA award shortlist right there. This has got to be world MMA shortlist as well, just because the way they set up. And he broke, they had loads of time at the weekend on the coverage to break it down properly. And they repeatedly showed it. Skip body, skip body, skip body. She does her feet are so fast, and she generates so much power by just doing that small skip, and then wham, the left leg comes in. She's with off the power. ground though. When she does it, she's off the yeah. ground. 
but it's the skip where the power comes from, the little skip of her feet, and then wham, the whole body, the whole hip comes over, proper tie kicking. You know, that's what you're taught in my tie. Don't kick the body, kick fucking the ground beyond the body. So you kick through somebody, and that's what she does with the body kicks. And she hit Jessica I with so many of them in the first round. And Jessica Eye's obviously like, I don't want to take no more of them fuckers. But as soon as she does that, she can read her body language. And she's like, right, okay, the next one's going to your head. And as soon as she, as soon as she done that skip, Jessica Eye's already trying to bring that right hand down yeah. to protect that body. And just leaves a clean open. And the, the noise it made. Out. Just like, oh my God. I was like, fuck, someone has actually died in the octagon. This was inevitable. Someone's died. The, the, the noise, it, it sounded like a shotgun. When her, when her shin hit her head, it sounded like a shotgun blast. Just a massive crack. And then obviously Jessica I was out for time. And you're just like, oh man, this is not good. She was out for a good two minutes, wasn't she? She was cold. She's up, she's up and all right now. I've seen bits on social media that she's posted and what have you. But yeah. fucking hellfire. Oh. What a knockout. We were talking, weren't we, all last week, we were talking about the girls on the undercard needed to make a big enough statement in order to send uh, enthusiasm towards a fight with Valentina. If you look at the uh, Tatiana fight, I don't think there was a big enough statement made there. No. Giorgio threw it away for me. Big time. Um, the statement comes from the champ. The champ is just fucking unbelievable. I don't yeah. think there's anybody at 125 pounds that can touch her. No, there isn't. That flyweight division's on lockdown for a long time. I said this as soon as she won the belt. I, I can't see another flyweight on the planet. She's, she's so off. rounded as well because Shevchenko. in the first round, She's on the deck for quite a period of time, yeah, yeah. and her transitions from half guard, full guard, full mount. I'm thinking to myself, "Fucking hell, she's even she's brilliant on the deck. Yeah. She's brilliant on her feet. How do you beat her? Exactly. The only way you beat her is size. You've got to be bigger than her." Yeah, as we've seen when she has gone up. Well, that's the that's the beauty of it, you know. She started dropping in these submissions. She had a lot of submissions early on in her career, and then it looked like it, she was just a knockout merchant. But now she had a couple in the UFC. Juliana Pena and uh, Cachoeira both tapped out to her. Um, Mate, she's the fucking real deal. And I think at some point in time, she's going to have to to define her own legacy. She's going to have to have that next that second fight with... Um, Chrissy? With the Tigress. No, she's going to have to take on Amanda oh, Nunes. Nunes. She's yeah, going to have yeah. to fight Amanda Nunes again to just define her own legacy. Because for me, it's starting to feel like she is going to dominate this flyweight division forevermore, kind of like Demetrius Johnson. And at some stage, and she's got some way off yet. You know, she's only had the title for... She won the title, beat Joanna, beat Jessica I now. So she's got a, she's got a there's, there's plenty more girls out there. But ultimately, I feel that a third fight with Amanda Nunes is the only way she is going to ever defa- ever get ahead of Nunes in terms of legacy. Right now, I think most people would accept Amanda Nunes, greatest female mixed martial artist we've seen, just because she's been so dominant. She's the first I think double weight world champion. Yeah, but I think Valentina's more rounded. And don't forget, as first, a fighter. first fight points decision to Nunes. Second fight, split decision hmm. to Nunes. It was super close. It was three rounds to two, but it was super close. Yeah, but so, these are all at weights that aren't, aren't natural well, to that's Shevchenko. What I mean. this, was, this was obviously up at, up at bantamweight. You know, the air division's flyweight. So but the problem is, Nunes is a big bantamweight. She's a small bantamweight. Yes. So she's she's only ever going to beat Nunes, face Nunes at bantamweight. Hmm. So listen, I think for me, that's it will become... Shevchenko versus Nunes 3 will become the biggest fight in women's MMA. Not yet, but in a couple of years' time, we'll be on this show talking about the biggest fight in women's MMA history, and it'll be Shevchenko versus Nunes. There you go. Uh, Tony Ferguson made his return to the Octagon at the weekend, taking on Cowboy Cerrone. 
It was a little bit of a disappointing end. Well, before we talk about the fight, because I'm watching this on Sunday, kids have gone to bed, I'm talking Jane through it, and uh, she's not paying any attention, of course. Of course she's not. She's watching Love Island. But I'm talking, her, I'm kind of setting it up for her before we watch. Oh, we're watching that lesbian drama. Are you into that? Which one's that? It's got um, the girl from Dr. Foster's in it. Tom, Je- Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack. You didn't no, I've not watched any of it. It's decent, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not a big period drama guy, but I do like lesbians. <laughs> so it's kind of mixed and matches it perfectly. It's good. It's good, man. You should get into it. Did you watch Dr. Foster with her? <laughs> yeah, but the that same wasn't... Actress. Yeah, but that wasn't... And the girl who's now in Killing Eve. Oh, you're watching Killing Eve? Tell you what, there's some good dramas on at the moment. I digress. If you're not in the UK, apologies for that sidetrack, but you could get on that. Gentleman Jim, it's good. Gentleman right. Jack. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm setting it up with Jane, and I, I'm kind of... The whole Tony Ferguson thing has got me a bit fucked up at the moment because, mate, what was it, two, three months ago that his wife took out a restraining order because yeah. he'd stolen their baby's son? And listen, let's make it clear. She said, we're not in danger. He's not hit, deliberately going to hurt me or raise hands to me or my son or any of the family, but he's acting really fucking weird. He's taking my son away. He's, you know, he won't have the window. He won't have the curtains open because he thinks people are spying in. He won't have the television on. He'll only eat certain foods. He thinks he's trying to get poisoned. Like, like Tony Ferguson was not in a good place mentally just a few weeks ago. Now, my fear going into a fight with Cowboy Cerrone, who was on fire in this lightweight division, is what happens to Tony Ferguson if he gets beat? If he's psychologically in a bad place in his life and suffers a defeat against Donald Cerrone, which he could well have done. I think Donald was great in the fight. My concern was, has he been psycho... Now, he might well have been. Listen, the UFC might well have done a full psych evaluation and gone, listen, he's sound, he's good to go. We don't, You don't know the full story. It was X, Y, and Z that was going on in his personal life rather than this. I don't know. But from the outside looking in, I'm like, as a man who's psychologically in a weird place right now, should he be, one, fighting in the UFC in front of millions of eyeballs with the belt, taking on guys like Donald, regardless who he's taking on? My fear is if Tony Ferguson loses, what the fuck goes on in Tony Ferguson's private life? And that was concerning me watching Tony Ferguson ring walk, who I believe is, on his day, best lightweight in the world. So that I had, I'm watching the fight and I'm thinking, fuck, don't lose. But then I'm like, well, that, I was, that can't be right. I don't want him to lose because I fear what might happen outside the octagon. That's fuck, it's fucking weird. I don't know. So I, I kind of watched this fight, but like through, I don't know. My head was fear. watching it. You yeah. watched it through a little bit. Just because I don't know him. what's going on for him, you know. I'm, listen, he's I'm, a weird I'm a dude. Fan. Listen, massive fan. He is a weird dude. I mean, I saw an interview with him last week with the lads at MMA Junkie John. I think was doing the doing the interview, and he says, "Tony, what would you say for all those fans that are concerned about you at this moment in time? What would you say to them?" And Tony Ferguson responded by saying, "I'd say fuck off, mind your own business, get out of my face, and all this type of stuff." The majority of people would have gone, "Listen, I appreciate your concern, blah 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 blah," but yeah. you know what I mean. I'm okay. I'm doing this, that, and the other. But Tony Ferguson, he's a weird dude. He's a weird fighter. He fights weird. Mm-hmm. Everything about him is unorthodox. Yeah. I personally think that the second, the first round was really competitive in this fight. I thought the second round, Tony Ferguson proved to me that he is the best lightweight on the planet. He yeah. can do fucking everything. It's a shame that the fight ended the way it did. Yeah. Who'd have thought blowing your nose blows your eyes up? Well, everyone knows that. It's Donald Cerrone should fucking certainly know that. That's He's a I veteran. You know what I mean? Everyone fucking knows that you don't blow your nose when your nose is broke like that because it's the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, and it was just a mad mistake that Donald Cerrone would never, ever make before and probably will, obviously never will make again. But He's obviously struggling breathing out of his mouth. He was, yeah, and he, and he just hasn't, he's just forgotten for a split second and thought, oh, yeah, I'll just blow that out. And obviously, as soon as he's done it, his eyes just blew up. Um, but listen, I, I'd, I'd seen a few people saying they've got to go straight, but they've got to do the rematch straight away. I'm not away. interested in it. No, I thought, I thought, I think at that point, I'd seen enough to know Ferguson was going to win that fight. I'd seen enough. 
I didn't need to see Donald Sarong get fucked up for another five minutes Same. to sit to think Tony Ferguson's the best lightweight on the planet. Um, but I'm like you. I'm watching that thinking nobody sets a pace like Tony. Nobody throws hands like he does. No one's mm-hmm. no one's as aggressive as he is. No one's got the takedown defense that he's got. He's got the round the game. It's such a shame that the Khabib fights fell off so many times because I'm desperate to see Tony Ferguson take on Khabib because I think those two are the best lightweights on the planet. Khabib is very much a one trick pony. You know what he's going to do. You just can't stop him doing it. But I think Tony Tony's Ferguson is just a way better, more rounded mixed martial artist. But is the best mixed martial artist in the lightweight division good enough to take on this one guy who's got this winning formula that no one's going to be able to beat? That's what makes it so fascinating. And that's why I'm desperate to see that fight happen. Mm. But um, yeah, in, in terms of Tony Ferguson, I don't think they should throw it back with, with Cowboy. No, Sam. I think Cowboy now should probably face Con- Conor McGregor, as we talked about previously. I think that's a perfect opponent for him because he needs a few weeks out now. I know Conor. Uh, a few weeks? His face is fucked up, man. Yeah, but you know Give him life. some time. Yeah, exactly. You're Give him some proper time. The good thing is, Connor wants to come back end of the year. Cowboy's gonna have to be out for a couple of months now, and I think him and Connor at the end of the year with Tony Ferguson potentially. You know, he looked fresh as fuck, Ferguson. You know, hopefully they make him a guest fighter over in Abu Dhabi because he's got to fight the winner of uh, he's got to fight the winner Habib versus Poirier. Mm. Got to. Yeah, I agree, mate. I wouldn't roll it back. I know that other people would like to see it, but I wouldn't roll it back. Just on that point of Abu Dhabi. Which brings us on to the next conversation. Well, wait a minute. Of... You're going to talk pay-per-views? Yes. I, I, we've got a whole section on that. All right, okay. All right. I just want to, because we vaguely touched upon Jojo. We we bigged it up last week. I did my impression on her and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I just thought to myself, even though she had the most significant strikes in the fight, I think she even set a record for the amount of significant yeah. strikes. She threw the fucking fight away. That was all on her. She what? I personally don't think she was beaten. No. I think... She beat herself by yeah. just having a real lack of energy in the fight where there were moments there for her to take control of it and take hold of the fight and really dominate it. And it just never happened. No, didn't. And, and yet she uh, uh, flashes. She was brilliant. She looked great. But you're yeah, right. right. Go on then, put your foot down. The You've fight, got it now. The fight was there for her to take away. And she'll be kicking herself now. If she watches that fight back, even mm. in the dressing room afterwards, I think she'll be kicking herself. I don't know what she was waiting for. I don't know what she was holding off for. But, you know, we talked about it last Every week. Every time she threw, this was an opportunity. she landed. Yeah. But and this, I'm like, go on. This was an opportunity to stake a claim for a title shot. Yeah. To stake a claim. And it, she seemed reluctant to do that. At times, she had Shukagan exactly where she wanted it. She had the fight won. If she wanted the fight, she'd have won it. She just didn't look like she wanted it. Mm. I don't know. If, she's got this weird psychological thing going on. Yo, Jojo, I don't know what it is. I don't know if she's, she's scared of com- over committing and running out of gas or what. I don't know. It's weird. Did she need... More fans in the arena because she was the curtain raiser. Did she need more fans in there to make a bit of noise to rev her up a little bit more to get, know, her, get that, her over the line? That brings pressure, doesn't it? You walk out in front of an em- em- in front. Yeah. Sometimes you walk out in front of an empty arena, especially when you're not on home turf. If it was in Scotland, then yeah, fuck yeah, she could have done with the fans. Mm. But would did would their performance have been any different if she was on the main card? Probably not. Mm. You know, this is an opportunity to stay claim for a world title fight. In some ways. Go and do it in front of an empty arena because it'll feel like a sparring session. There's no one there. It'll feel like you just you and you, you, you girls are just going at it and sparring. So just turn it on. Mm. So I don't, just really disappointing because it's not that you come away going she lost to a better girl. She lost to a she lost to a girl who's not as good as her. No, and that's what's really frustrating with JoJo. Mm. She was that close. Are you um you, you're a man of facial hair, aren't you? Evidently. Yes, as you can hear it being stroked there down his microphone. Would you ever consider an Eddie Wineland tash? No. I think you'd suit it. I would suit it. Hmm. I, you know, I'm one of those people, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying this, but I can get away with anything. 
Can you? Yeah. Clo- yeah th- clothing wise. Well, hang on a minute. Right. Facial hair wise. This is lies, right? I can rock it all. Nick is in a, a period of flux at this moment in time because he is, he's got a vacation coming up, but he doesn't want to uh, have his... At the weekend, he didn't want to have his hair cut because he doesn't want to mistime the haircut. Everybody's been in this situation. You're going on holiday at the back end of one week. Your hair's looking a little bit scraggly. You're thinking to yourself, if I go now, then I've mistimed it for the second week of my holiday. <laughs> so what I need to do, I need to ride out this this period of scarecrow, yeah. and then I can time the fresh fade for getting on the plane, looking a million dollars, get me new duty-free on, sweet as a fucking nut. Yes. Nick's rocked up today, and I'm not being funny, pal, you know what I mean? Looks like a base couch. Well, it does look a bit like that. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything, yeah. but I thought I brought it up. And the reason why I brought it up is because you just said you can get away with anything. At the moment... <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of a facial hair or something like that, a just hand, facial hair. moustache or... Yeah. Clothing-wise, like, I'm one of them people I can put anything on and make it look good. No, you can't. You'd rocked up at the weekend in shorts, T-shirts, hoodie, a cap. You look like fucking Justin Bieber had jizzed on you. That's what you'd look like. You you didn't get away with it. That time when you came down with red trainers, blue shorts and a yellow vest. No, it doesn't work every single time, Nicholas. In your head, it might. Yeah. It doesn't work every time. Okay, fair enough. But, yeah, I could rock that moustache, no problem. Yeah, I think you would. No problem. Would you mind? Oh, cool. Would you mind? Would, that, would you want me to cut one of these moustaches in? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm not a barber or a fighter. You know, I think you need to be a barber or a fighter to have a moustache like that. Yeah, maybe you need you're to, right. be able to Or shake a cocktail. If you can shake a cocktail or shake a fist or use some scissors, then you can get away with that kind of moustache. I reckon you'd look good with just a tash. How long have you been sporting that beard, by the way? Uh, since I went and lived in Australia, so 2000. I've never, I haven't used a razor since 2000. Have you not? No. Nine, 20 years, almost 20 years. Fucking hell. I don't like I don't like razor shaves. I remember as a kid, they were fucking. As just, a kid, were you that kid in the PE changing room shaving? Oh, no, 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 fucking eleven years of age. Definitely not. Definitely not. But yeah, I haven't used the razor for a long time, man. So you don't know what's under that, do you? Uh, well, yes. Oh, so when I went on my stag do, which was over to Germany, I um, I thought, fucking hell. The lads aren't going to do fuck all. This is on like the second day or whatever. You wanted to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, because because right. I, I battered everybody for their stag dudes, obviously. So Standard, I thought, yeah. Happy days, get something in the morning, bit of an hangover, had me breakfast, went back to the room, thought, uh, fuck it, I'll shave a big handlebar moustache in myself. You did your, you? I'll do it myself. All right, yeah, okay. Because yeah. I thought, well, the lads aren't going to do nothing, I'll do it myself. So I'm in the bathroom, shaves a big handlebar moustache, like big German style moustache. It looked great, big fat, ch- chunky bits underneath and everything. Then when I come out, all my fucking clothes have been pinched. And I was like, bastard. And all that was left with this bright yellow Lederhausen. So I looked sensational. I, it look, I was like, in, in. So I had a Lederhausen on all day and a, and a big handlebar moustache. Uh, have you got uh, picture, so, picture and video evidence of that? There is video evidence. It's all on my Facebook if you go back deep enough. And then the uh, what happened was I thought, well, I'm not going home with a handlebar moustache. So I just, shaved, I just I shaved it all off. Should have left it on. I know. Jenna loved it. And Jane, I remember Jane picked me up from a boozer by ours. We were we were courting at the time. We weren't married yet. Obviously. Courting. We were courting. <laughs> That's how old he is. <laughs> and uh, the face, she, the expression on her face, I'll never forget it. Honestly, it was like I just took a shit in the corner of the living room. She seen me without the beard, and she just went. I got in the car, and she went, "Don't even look at me." Till that's grown back, you look terrible. And I did. I looked awful. Yeah. Did you? I looked awful. So yeah. you need a little bit of coverage. So I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't been out without the beard since. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the dentist got back in the win column. Yes, thank goodness. It wasn't the greatest fight in the world. It's not one of them that you're going to watch back time and time again as, as a classic. Yeah, as long as you win them. 
but he got a victory. Much needed victory as well because he's been on a bit of a slide. Yeah. Good win for Aljamain Sterling as well. Dominant performance. Against Munoz. Against Munoz, yeah. Calvin Qatar's uh, combo knockout. Sweet. Wasn't it? Absolutely sweet. No mug, Ricardo Lamas as well, but he's on a little run, Calvin Qatar. I fancy this kid to do something. You know, we... Obviously, he beat Chris Fishgold on on Fishy's debut, which was a twat of a debut against the ranked guy. Mm. But um, beating Lamas is no joke. Lamas is a gatekeeper to a title shot. And I think uh, Calvin Qatar now isn't a million miles away, is he? Absolutely mm. not. Tatiana Suarez showed a little bit of a grappling masterclass. Well done her. I wouldn't be surprised if she's next in line for Chevchenko. Uh, and my boy, Pet- yeah, man. Petty Jan. Speaking of people who uh, won win away from a title shot. Five wins in 12 months, that bugger. Mate, he's fucking tremendous. And he can take a whack. He just eats them, doesn't he? Listen, I, I, I won't say this on air so you can bud dub this out afterwards, but Jimmy Revere is clearly a juice head. Clearly popping him. See how big he is? He is on the juice him. He, listen. <laughs> I'm not taking that out. Whatever TJ's doing, <laughs> check Jimmy Revere's not drinking from the same water bottle. Human beings don't look that way. Anyway, doesn't matter because Petrian looks like a normal bloke. Looks like just looks like a fella off the local building site who's got in there, but he can fight like fuck. He's got great hands, sensational chin, Kentucky. mixes it up yeah, well, man. mate. He's, he's he is legit. I would love to see him fight Sahudo next. I would love. But then I think I think Aljamain Sterling probably deserves a shot as well. I think he, he looked, you know, he, it was a solid win for him. I thought Aljo's well. first round was brilliant. That's the best striking that I've seen from him in the first round. I thought it got a little bit more competitive as the fight went on. Yeah, but I thought. Early doors, that first five minutes, he was brilliant. Yeah, but listen, Munoz is no joke, but that's what. Yeah, of course. Four or five wins on the trot now. Um, the only person he's lost to in the last six, seven years, in the six, seven fights, was Marias. I think Aljo probably deserves a title shot now, and you know what? I think his, with his skill set, he would certainly cause Sahudo problems, but I, I think, listen, I'm drinking from the same gravy boat as you now. I think Peter Jan's the man. I think he could be the dude. Now we're talking. Five wins in 12 months, sensational stuff uh, for Peter Jan. Um, there's no UFC this weekend for us to get ourselves stuck into, so we're going to address pay-per-view. There you go. I know that that's what you've been waiting for because there's been outrage over the last week, seeing as that the news finally was confirmed. Why? Exactly. <laughs> talking about it since January. I appreciate that we've got a lot of new listeners. Maybe that's where the outrage has come Maybe. from. But if you've been with us for more than six months, all we've been speaking about is that this was going to happen. You knew that pay-per-view was coming to the UK for certain events. When it was all up in the air at the back end of last year with 11 sports taking over the UFC contract and then it went back to BT Sport, part of that new deal was obviously for certain cards, certain pay-per-view events in the States would become pay-per-view here in the UK. We Mm -hmm. told you that in January. Yep. We told you which ones they'd be, kind of. We'd alluded to them. You're never going to watch Conor McGregor for free anymore. That's just not going to happen. So when Conor comes back at the end of the year, it will be, what, 15, 16 quid here in the UK, 20 quid, something like that. They're paying 80 $90 $90 over in the States for it. I know that you're used to obviously getting it as part of your BT subscription, but we did tell you at the start of the year. Now, what I can confirm, whether you like this or not, is that you know already that UFC 239, Jones and Tiago, top of the bill with Nunes on there and various others, that is going to be pay-per-view in the UK. You already know that. 242 will also be pay-per-view mm-hmm. here in the UK. That's Khabib versus Poirier in Abu Dhabi. All right? And then when uh, at least that, at when least Connor, be cool. but, and when Connor comes back, and when Connor comes back, that will also be yeah. pay per view. There's and your three for the year. I think I think most people are just upset because it's American. It's an American pay per view. But if you're a boxing fan as well as a you know maybe you're just a UFC fan, but if you're a boxing fan, you, you're kind of used to it now. You know, 
Um, Anti-Joshua's pay-per-view the other week, Tyson Fury's pay-per-view this coming weekend. I know it's frustrating because we've been we've been lucky enough to subscribe to BT Sport. You get all your UFC content for free, if you like. I know you're paying a subscription service. I think the big stink is that subscription ESPN and shit like that in America is is quite cheap compared to what the pay-per-view model is. It's very expensive to buy a pay-per-view, but to, to get ESPN on your TV is like $10, $20 a month or whatever it is. So there's... It's Netflix money, isn't it's, it? It's the other way around, you know what I mean? Whereas over here, we pay 80 100 pounds a month to have a Sky package or, a, or a, a Virgin package, which includes BT Sport. But the kickback is that you get this for free or your pay-per-views are only 20 quid. So it, it kind of levels itself out. Now, in terms of, you know, again, a lot of people are upset about it, but this was... We told you about this in January. This was what BT had done. He'd said, listen, to, to make it work, we need to have effectively Connor's fights. Connor's fights need to be pay-per-view because in America, they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars on the back of Conor McGregor fights because he's the biggest draw in pay-per-view fighting, period. And BT Sport wanted a slice of that pie. So that's why they committed to two, maybe three pay-per-views a year. Now, Conor hasn't fought this year. Hopefully, he will fight before the end of the year. They need to get something in the bank. With Conor still not signed up, they've gone, right, we'll do Jones, International Fight Week, biggest card of the year, as it always is, mm-hmm. and we'll commit to Khabib. And that way, we've got our two for the year. If Conor fights, then that will be number three. But at least the Khabib one is in a reasonable time zone because it's Middle East. So you're not going to be up till four. Pay-per-view at four in the morning. It's frustrating. I know it, it is frustrating, but we've had it fucking good for a long time. You know, these these are big events. John Jones is the biggest, best mixed martial artist the sport has ever seen. Khabib is the Conor McGregor beater. You know, he's the, he's the guy who killed Conor. So I kind of get what's going on, but listen, it is what it is. Times move forward, and unfortunately, you'd like to think the investments from fans in the sport means that we're going to get bigger events, bigger, you know, if they're making more money on the back of these events then hopefully it means that there's more investment, bigger fighters, bigger fights. And you know what? When was the last, you know, we might even get a pay-per-view event here in the UK, mm. which would mean that we'd get Jones or maybe even Connor fighting in the UK, which would be fucking amazing. Mm. You just don't know. I know it's not great because it means you as a fan are shelling out more dough to obviously follow a sport that you absolutely love. And if I'm honest, 239... I genuinely think that the numbers in the UK, listen, the numbers in the States will be still great, but yeah. over in the in the UK, the numbers initially I don't think will be amazing. No. But if Jones does something tremendous, if Thiago pulls off the unthinkable, if there's an unbelievable set of knockouts on that card, the afterbites, the Sunday morning buys, the yeah. Monday morning buys, those types of buys I think will then go crazy. And people will then, over a period of time, as we've just been talking about in the world of boxing, will get used to that model. Listen, it's not going anywhere. This is the way no. it is now. If you want to consume your uh, your UFC via BT Sport, two, three, maybe even four, if this is really, really successful, big cards with the biggest of names are going to be pay-per-view now. Yeah. I, I know, listen, it's a, it, it should almost feel like a one-off, but John Jones, Thiago Santos is a great fight. Nunes versus Holly Holm, if Holly Holm turns up, is a great fight. Uh, Masvidal versus Ben Askren, great fight. Blachowicz versus Rockhold up at new weight division. God only knows. Who doesn't want to see Arnold Allen fight Gilbert Melendez, for Christ's sake, mm. if you're a British MMA fan? Sean O'Malley's on there as well, massive puller. So it, it is a great card. Jack Marshman, of course, as well. So there's, there's, a bit, there's a little bit of British interest, too, on the biggest events of the year. So, listen, I'm not trying to tell you to drink from the Kool-Aid. It, everyone's pissed off, but... 
unfortunately, times have to move forward. And what I will say is BT Sports coverage of UFC has been stellar for the last 18 months, two mm. years. You know, they've really invested in the brand. Some of the stuff they're doing is way better than it's ever been before. And hopefully if this pay-per-view model and they do make some money, I'd like to think BT Sport will be injecting that back into UFC programming for this market, mm-hmm. which from a fan perspective would be awesome. And from a fight disciple perspective, even better because we might get a fight disciple show on BT Sport. <laughs> So just pay you 20 quid and stop moaning for fuck's sake. <laughs> and text them and say, I'm only paying 20 quid for this pay-per-view because I hear there's a Fight Disciples TV show in the pipeline, Mr. BT Sport. Exclusive. Um, <laughs> right, Jimmy. Should we talk Jimmy? Jimmy! Yeah, I'm gutted. It's called time, man. Yeah, But listen. it's called time rightfully called time. You said it on last week's show that you hoped that he would end up in this place. Yeah. You can't force a fighter to end up in this place, but you hoped that he would. Followed his career since day dot. Mm-hmm. And he's got there, man. He's got there. He seems happy. He's, he's achieved all that he can achieve uh, within mixed martial arts. And he leaves a fantastic trail for the next generation to come through and walk in his, walk in his shadow, walk in his footsteps. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was a stage there where there was nothing quite like going to the UFC in London and, and seeing Jimmy Manuel walk out for a main event. It was fucking amazing. Uh, and I was so lucky to to be there when he walked out to face, you know, Diabate and Gustafsson and uh, Corey Anderson, of course. You know, amazing. Um, and he And he's been a real superstar for the for the brand over in the in the UK. Uh what a lot of people might not know is that Jimmy prior to joining the UFC um he was they basically begged him to fight in the UF in, in the UFC and after he was about 9 and 0 and it wasn't until he he got up to like 12 13 and 0 it was like a, there was a good year or two where Jimmy Manawet was taking phone calls in the beat from the UFC every other week saying come on over we've got to fight for you and he kept saying no I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Even though he's, you know... Bear in mind, he only turned to you at mixed martial arts at 28. Exactly. So he's quite late in life, but he was like, no, when I get there, I want to do something. I don't want to just take the first off. I'm going to do something. Uh, and obviously he became, he built his way through, became a champion domestically. And then moved, Then he, when he was right, moved into the UFC to face Carl Kingsbury when he fought in Nottingham. Uh, absolutely brilliant that night. Lit up Carl Kingsbury. Uh, and then just went on a run of wins before he fought Gustafsson, which was pretty early on to fight Gustafsson. But um, he's had an amazing career, you know, again, I think he's been inspirational for the whole generation of fighters, certainly fighters from London as well. So it's tough when you see these guys go because you build a bond with them after so many years. You know, I've known Jimmy for fucking 10 years, you know, Um, probably first spoke to him eight years ago, whatever, covered his fights and... So it's always tough when those guys go, but it's the next generation. It's the it's the guys that come behind them that you think, well, maybe you didn't make it, but the next time a young fighter from London, and it could be, you know, could and be Nathaniel the, Wood the prospect or, like or whatever, it could be Nathaniel Wood, yeah, who comes through and you're Nathaniel Wood, and that's when Jimmy needs to go, well, I, I kicked the doors open for this kid. You know, I, I played a part in this. I've got a role in all this, and... Mm-hmm. Hopefully he sees it that way. I'm just delighted he's made the right decision. I say financially he's in a fucking sensational place in his life. He doesn't need to fight anyway. Um, and I think he's called time at the right time. He doesn't want to be a stepping stone for anybody. And uh, after that loss out in Stockholm, I think it's the perfect time. Especially with Alex Byron out as well, mm. his main sparring partner. It's like it makes sense for both those guys to walk away together. Mm. Uh, there's no UFC uh, this weekend. There's no real mixed martial arts for us to get stuck into. I think there's a bit of one championship stuff in there, but there's nothing major for us to go crazy about. Um, I'm over in Vegas, hopefully doing something at the uh, PI because Nick's decided to go on his holidays. That's why he's getting his fresh fade haircut. Uh, so he won't be on next week's show because his wife won't let him do anything whilst they're on holiday. 
Um, so hopefully I'll get some uh, reputable names uh, over in Vegas at the UFC Performance Institute. Stick a microphone in the face and we'll bring you some content uh, this time next week. It'll be a very different sounding show, probably a little bit more professional. It will be, yeah, uh, a lot more. But he'll return the week after uh, for UFC 239 Preview. Um, please subscribe to us. All you've got to do is get on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com. Uh, for all your Android feeds, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Thank you very much for your time. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.